You're listening to What She Said, a podcast for creatives and new bloggers hosted by me, Lucy Sharif, freelance journalist and blogger In this episode, I chat to Hannah Witten, who is a YouTuber. She's a blogger. Um, she's written a book and done live comedy shows so she's pretty epic and she lives just up the road from me so I was very lucky enough to have her come over to my flat one day in April um, when I was still pregnant which is why we sometimes refer to me being pregnant if that confuses you Um, before it was just before she did her um, live shows we had a chat about blogging about the YouTube world about her journey to where she is now um and she's got some really, really interesting things to say about being a role model. Um, and she's just generally a really interesting person. So I hope you really, really enjoy it. Um, as ever, I've linked to all the things that we discussed in the show notes. Enjoy. So, do you want to talk a little bit about how, when, why you started your YouTube channel? And then talk a little bit about your blog as well. Yeah, sure. To- um, so I started my YouTube channel in April 2011. Wow. So it would be like six years ago. Um, and so you were super young then, weren't you? I was 19. Yeah. And not as young as some people who are starting yeah. YouTube now. But yeah. Um, yeah it is quite young. It was then. like a long time ago. Um, the longest hobby I think I've ever like, kept. <laughs> yeah. um, but I basically started because um, for a few months up until then, I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I just really loved watching vloggers and getting into the community and to me, it seemed like all of these people that I enjoyed watching the videos of were all friends. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be friends with them. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, I'll start making videos. And then what happened was is that I made friends who were also kind of like at my level, like very small, starting out. Mm-hmm. And we'd all like watch each other's videos and we'd like spend like hours on Skype together because like everyone's like in different parts oh, of the no world. Um, so you built quite yeah. a community then quite early on. Yeah, it was definitely like something that I did in terms of making friends because mm-hmm. at the time when I started making these videos I was kind of in a like a lonely time in my life yeah. because I was I was living in France and I was an au pair mm-hmm. but I lived like in this little village um quite far out of Paris and so I would go to Paris in the day yeah but then once I'd put the kids to bed I had a few hours to myself where like there was nothing to do in the village basically and it was oh, too and it was too late to like get a train into Paris 19. yeah <laughs> so I was just like YouTube (laughs) and so that's what I did with my evenings yeah so when did it become something more than just a hobby when did it become serious in air quotes yeah because we're on audio yeah (laughs) serious um I think so that I started when I was like on my gap year basically and then I kept doing it all the way through university and it was probably in my like second third year of uni that I started to get like small little jobs because of my YouTube. Yeah. Like different companies would be like, "Oh, can you make a video for us and we'll pay you?" And That's I was like, I was like, interesting. Um, yeah. And so it was still like a part-time thing, and like I was getting my degree, um, but I was going to London quite often. Yeah. Because you were in Manchester, weren't you? I'm Did from Manchester, but I went to uni in Birmingham. Uh, okay. So I've just done like the three major cities. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so. It was still kind of like an on-the-side 
hobby part-time job yeah kind of thing and I was going to London constantly um because of like either like events or social things uh-huh. that were happening um and then when I graduated I was like now is the time to take risks now yeah, is the time definitely. just to like go for it and so I just like on a whim moved to London got a part-time job and just like hustled my way Wow. And then 10 months later, 10, 11 months later, it'd become a full-time job. That's amazing. Yeah. And so how long, how long has that been now that you've been full-time? Um, I went full-time in July 2015. Okay. So, so kind of like... two years. Yeah, You're two and a half years-ish. Yeah. Yeah. That's super exciting. No, no, one and a half years. Yeah. One and a half yeah. years. Almost. Two. Almost. Yeah. Um, and when <coughs> did... When did your blog come about? Because that's obviously a lot later. You're very established on YouTube Mm -hmm. already. You've got a gazillion, million subscribers. Gazillion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is a technical term. Oh, yeah. On YouTube, it's like over 300,000. It's crazy. Um, And then my blog, I've actually had like three reincarnations of my blog. I thought you were going to say, I've actually had three readers. (laughs) (laughs) Three people, three really dedicated people reading my blog. Um, yeah, and so now my blog, it, the one that I use now kind of started taking seriously in at the beginning of last year. Uh-huh. I basically had made it my news resolution. So, so the year before, wait, I'm not trying to think, yeah, 2014, yeah. my like, news resolution was to write a blog. And so I like started this blog. And for I, fun for or, fun and yeah. I would like write on it every so often I just wanted to kind of practice writing yeah. and um and have kind of another place to put thoughts because the type of things that I would talk about in blogs and the type of and the way that I would talk about things is very different from what I would yeah. put on YouTube and it's kind of like giving me more choice in terms of what I share online and how I share it yeah um and then from doing it just like very ad hoc, just as and when I had an idea or wanted to write something that year, I was like, cool, I've managed to keep this up for a year, like not regularly. And so 2016, I was like, okay, resolution, one blog post a week. Uh-huh. And so I did that for, I think I managed it for like six months. That's really good um, going. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. especially because my blog makes me no money. Like exactly, I, don't, I don't have yeah. ads on it or anything and I don't yeah. do sponsored posts. So it's just like purely a portfolio or just like another kind of creative outlet for me yeah and um but then what happened was because of my book deal I was writing my book all summer yeah and so of all of my writing energy went into the book and not the blog and then I've kind of not touched it all that much since I've yeah. done like the odd blog post since then but it's kind of a bit of a it's more of a landing page yeah. At the moment. It's not something that I've completely like given up on, but I feel like the more busy you get, you just have to prioritize. And yeah. the blog isn't like a massive priority. You've for got me. bigger fish to fry at the moment, hey. Exactly. And especially because it's not like a revenue income for me. Yeah. Like maybe if I sorted out getting ads on it, <laughs> then that might Is that change. Is that something you would even want to do though? Um, probably. Like people, like it's kinda like ads are ads. People are used to seeing ads. Yeah. I don't feel like putting ads on my blog is selling out like everyone does that oh god no not yeah. at all no um, but the thing is, is that I have no idea how to do that <laughs> so I'm just like what's happening I've like talked to my blogger friends and they're just like how do you YouTube and I'm like how do you blog <laughs> but yeah um so in terms of YouTube then specifically mm-hmm. 
and monetizing it and the, actually more of what I want to talk about is the arc that you go on because I think almost every single blogger goes through this arc where they start creating have a really really good time get into their groove then suddenly start comparing themselves to other people mm, yeah. hit that sort of section where they're like shit I should be doing this this and this like that person does it this way yeah. um puts out content this many times a week or whatever and and then you come through that and you're like okay I give no fucks now and that that I think <laughs> you have to go through that period though yeah, I feel like I to so. to be able to come out the other side and be like I give zero fucks yeah um I think it is it's probably very similar with YouTube um mm. especially because at least in the community in London everyone socializes together as well yeah. and works together and so it's everyone's so constantly in your face that it's almost impossible not to compare yourself and you're not just comparing the type of content you make, how often you make it, but also like the numbers, um, different like strategies for marketing your content. Um, who's got better thumbnails? Like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> just like the um, the picture of the oh, video, right, where right, you see okay. just the, the thumbnail and the title, and, sure. and things like that. And who's you know got good aesthetic that's one thing that I definitely struggle with in oh, terms really? of comparing myself to other um like YouTubers and stuff is their aesthetic and it's and it's not just on YouTube it's like people's Instagram feeds I'm just like I don't have an aesthetic my aesthetic is just all over the place <laughs> it's, it just doesn't there's no like cohesiveness to this um whereas some people just like have great aesthetics I'm like how do you do that Oh, that's the. Ho- oh, that's funny that you say that. That yeah. is just. That's the 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 like big. I don't know. Twenty first century, just marketing lie, isn't it? That yeah. the reality behind the in- behind Instagram. Um, but I never thought of it on YouTube. But actually, thinking yeah. about it, if you go to someone's page and you click on like videos, so all you see is just a grid uh-huh. of their videos. It's just so satisfying to see like um themes in terms of like the font and colors and yeah. types of thumbnails and the topics that they're covering whereas mine is just like a whole I mess I feel like you have that though you have a recognizable I feel like it's something that like everyone probably struggles with and thinks they don't yeah. have and then if so- uh, someone came to my channel they're like no that I totally get it and I'm yeah. like but you know we're all our own worst critics absolutely of that. And comparison um, is the thief of joy. Oh, it so 100%. is. It so is. I have, I like, I'm still very young. And so I kind of give myself a lot of, I give myself a lot of forgiveness yeah. when it comes to comparing myself. Because I know that like, I'm in, I'm in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. I think it's still very normal for me to be comparing myself to others. I feel like one, if I'm still feeling like this in 10 years time, I'm going to be like Hannah. Come on. Have a word with yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. you should not give a fuck at this point. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's great. When I talk to my parents, they're just like, don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of me. It's, my life is great. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can't wait to get there. <laughs> that seems like such a happy place. Um, but I also, like, it, it's counterproductive to punish myself for feeling insecure about my work and yeah, things like that true. as well. So it's just kind of like, I'm just going to ride this wave try and use that negative energy to motivate me maybe whilst do you find that that is self-motivating then um 
sometimes sometimes it motivates me in a specific way where it's just like um so one of my friends who I'm very jealous of her aesthetic in terms mm-hmm. of like the way that her videos look in terms of like the colors and the color correction and all of that and so I was just asked her I was like what do you use and then she like showed me this website where you can like um buy presets of stuff and so now I use that like I don't use exactly the one she used yeah I bought like one that more like suited me and one that I liked more um and so I guess that kind of like that jealousy um use it positively yeah Yeah. I was just like oh I'm gonna make a change here and I want to make my videos look a bit more like just look nicer and yeah. so I'm going to use this and like I do that often like where did you get that font that's a great font or like um yeah it, it works in that way and then sometimes sometimes it's one of those things where like the comparing yourself gets so bad and you're like so in this hole and I find myself like looking up other people's statistics and I'm like oh, Hannah no. no stop 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 and usually because that must be so easy on YouTube. It's all there. You can see how many thumbs yeah. up. You can see how many. There's that, but there's also like websites where you can search people's usernames and you can like actually see more behind the scenes God. stuff of like how many subscribers they gain each day, like what their projections are. And wow. so it's just like it's okay. I can imagine it is a killer. It's a downward spiral. Yeah. And usually when I get into that headspace, I have to like fully cut myself off yeah and I have to like psych myself up and just be like no Hannah you're just gonna like you're carving your own path yeah you're gonna go do your own thing and don't worry about what everyone else is doing you just if you focus on what you're doing then what you make will be better for it oh 100% Yeah. yeah and so I have to kind of like do that and then I steer off it and I get distracted by what other people are doing and then I have to like pull myself back yeah so yeah and it's hard I think when I think it's it's even harder when you're younger which sounds incredibly patronizing but I'm <laughs> like almost 10 years older than you I think it is harder when you're yeah. younger but to be honest so like it I don't think it really changes I mean I'm definitely not where your parents are but I'm more probably that way mm. but when you're in when you're in, you know, on social media all the time, God, it's so hard not to compare yourself. Yeah. Ugh, horrible. I think it's important to kind of, like, have a solid foundation of, like, a feeling of your own self-worth. Yeah. Um, and really, like, be your own cheerleader and be your own hype man. So that when you do find yourself in that spiral of, like, scrolling through Instagram mm-hmm. or, like, looking up other people's statistics. Yeah. Like, things like that. When you find yourself in that dark place then you have like a good foundation to fall back on which has only been built by you that that is really really good advice and actually it brings me on quite nicely to one of the topics that you cover which I I think this is actually how I sort of discovered you initially Mm. was um how honest and open you are about feminism Mm. and how much of a part of your brand if you don't yeah. mind me calling you a brand. Sure. Brand Witten. Sure. <laughs> yeah. The Witten brand. Yeah. Because obviously, um, anyone who... I mean, I'm not really your target audience, I wouldn't say. Well, you'd be surprised. Because my audience... You might be slightly older. I don't know how old you are, so I'm just like... Oh! 33. Ooh! You could be. Like, my, audience, yeah. my main audience is probably, like, 18 to 30-year-olds. Okay. So... 
on YouTube, the main bulk of my audience are 18 to 24-year-olds, yeah. and the second biggest are the 25 to 34-year-olds. Interesting. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay, I feel a bit less bad then. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I watch your Mormon Diaries um, yeah. vlogs. Um, yeah, so you talk a lot about feminism, and also mm-hmm. about sexuality, and LGBTQ, and... Mm-hmm. God, some of the stuff that I've learned from <laughs> your channel. Yeah. I just need to do videos about pregnancy now yes. <laughs> and childbirth. Yes, please do. Yeah. Maybe not childbirth. Do you want me to uh, blog be a it? guest? Oh my god! Yeah, I'll send so, like, you my, raw footage. My friend Lucy has volunteered. Um, so yeah, so talking about feminism and mm-hmm. also being a role model. Mm. How? What's what's that even? What's that like? like? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one because I feel like most of the people I know and myself included, who I probably would consider role models, like don't choose to be role mm. models. Usually, it's the people who are looking up to you, like that you choose you choose your own role models. Yeah. So I might say Catelyn Moran is my role model, but like she doesn't necessarily know that. She didn't choose to be my role model. Yeah. I chose her. Yeah. So it's always that way around. And so that's what I always have to think about. It's like, I've not chosen to be a role model. The, these people have chosen me, but then there's like, oh, chosen me. That sounds really like arrogant. <laughs> no, no, no. I but know you know what I mean? Yeah. And, so, and so you kind of have to strike a balance between accepting the responsibility, because I'm very much an advocate for like, if you have a platform, if you... If there are people who will listen to you yeah. and you have somewhat of an influence, no matter how big it is, if it's a hundred people listening to you or like ten million people listening to you, yeah, then you have a responsibility to make the lives of those people better. Yeah. In in whatever way that it is. Um and so I think on the one hand you have to do that, you have to accept the responsibility and really act upon it and really think about what are my resources and what's my knowledge and what are my skills and where are they best placed yeah. in making the world a better place? Um, and so I've always been very comfortable talking about sex and relationships and things like that. And so I was like, cool, this is something that I feel like I'd be good at and I can do. Um, but then you also have to kind of take the other side of things and be like, your audience aren't entitled to anything. You, yeah. you don't like, you don't have to, necessarily always be this person that they think you are yeah um but I would also add that you can be that person privately maybe yeah (laughs) Um, and it's about striking that balance and like being very I'm even though it may seem like I'm an oversharer I am very careful and meticulous about what I share and what I don't share yeah and if I ever if I ever say something online that's a bit of an overshare Mm. bit of a TMI like, I know, and yeah. I carefully, like, thought about that and made a conscious decision to share that. Yeah. Because it comes across in a certain way that I want to come across. And then there's other things where I'll, like, with, withhold information. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, with being a role model, it's kind of, like, striking that balance between really doing your best job yeah. as a public figure um, whilst also maintaining your own sanity and like being a person yeah being a person who like makes mistakes and can have their own private life and things like that um you can definitely tell that you're careful with your power as it were because (laughs) um I've definitely seen I think it might have been in a 
collaboration video that you did with somebody else. Oh, it might have been um, Drunk Advice or something, mm. where you, even though, you know, you're not hammered in these videos necessarily, but even though you'd have a drink, you added in something really, really important. And I think it was to do with maybe anal sex and making sure you use protection regardless. Mm. And I was like, wow, I'm really impressed that you've remembered <laughs> Actually, I'm like, guys, always on <laughs> this it. Is, this is important. Um, but it wasn't like po-faced or contrived or anything. Mm. And I was like, wow, you're, that's really impressive that you've kind of remained. Um, yeah, with the, like, with the drunk yeah. advice videos. The reason, the reason why they came about was kind of because of this whole like role model dilemma mm-hmm. I was having. Because people would come to me for advice. And... I, I'm not specifically about sex or about anything. Often about sex and relationships because that's kind of what I put out as being yeah. like knowledgeable in. Um, but kind of, but also anything like friendship, school, family, all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I wanted to help people, but also I knew that I couldn't answer every question. I know that I'm not an expert, like in term, like I'm not a doctor, I'm not a counselor, psychologist. Like I'm not one of those people in terms of if you want to get formal help for things but I'm definitely someone where you can get informal help from um and I wanted to kind of strike this balance between helping people but also not putting pressure on myself to give the right advice all of the time yeah and so drunk advice to me was like this perfect way to kind of like have a good time with it Maybe give some bad advice, but actually a lot of the advice and drunk advice is good. Yeah, um, I really like it. <laughs> but it's not it's not um, too serious yeah. and boring. It's still kind of like if you were like having a few drinks with your friends and you're like, I need help with this thing. And you're like, okay, mate, I got this. Here's what you're going to do. Because um, I think with drunk advice, it allows me a lot more wiggle room to yeah. maybe say things that... I wouldn't necessarily get away with saying if I was sincerely giving someone advice. Yeah. So some of the topics that you cover, we've obviously talked about um, on your YouTube channel, but in terms of your blog, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot more, um, I suppose because it's more of a hobby blog at the moment, and it's well, not a hobby blog, that sounds a bit condescending. No, but I but, think it is. <laughs> yeah, like it's more, it, like you're not confined I suppose yeah so you talk about lots and lots of other stuff but um travel was something I wanted to talk to you about because that's how we met (laughs) yes indeed um obviously you've done quite a lot with Trek America Mm -hmm. is that where the travel content started Um, kind of started out or had you I'd done always been covering travel I'd done travel content like since the beginning of Mm -hmm doing videos because obviously I was living in Paris and so I did were, some yeah. like videos of being like oh Paris yeah um and then I would just vlog holidays and trips yeah like very casually just kind of like as my own like home travel video mm-hmm. style thing um I think I might be wrong but I think Trek America was like the first time I did a travel thing with a company. Yeah. And, like, had to produce content on that. And then since then, I've done a few more things with different companies um, in terms of travel, which has been so great. But because travel's not, like, my main thing that I do, even though I'm, like, one part of me is just, like, travel all the time, Hannah. Just always be traveling. 
but then I'm like, but then I can't do all of these other things yeah. that I'm more invested in. And so with the travel stuff, I really have to kind of like pick and choose them quite wisely. Yeah. And I can't really go on many like big trips if it's like a, like two or three weeks. Yeah. Because then I'm like, I'm not going to be working. For, I'm out of work for two yeah. or three weeks. And I can only go on that trip if that company is going to like pay me. Yeah. So bef- before it was like, oh, free trip great and now it's more of a like I need a fee on top of the free trip because I'm taking time out of doing and because other you're work. working as mm-hmm. well because I think that's another arc you've kind of led us really nicely to that mm. that's another arc that um a lot of bloggers influencers whatever instagrammers everyone goes on is that working in exchange for something free that's awesome yeah and then being like actually I need to be compensated for my time because yeah. I've got bills to pay and in those five days I'm not getting holiday pay I'm not mm-hmm. and and it's hard work as well and I'm going to come back from that holiday and all of my to-do list and then have to create all the content yeah exactly um, I yeah it, it what's is it like in the YouTube community in terms of because I think there is quite a lot of judgment in blogging around that I think it's it's kind of very understood within the YouTube community in terms of people who are like working mm-hmm. in it either full time or part time that you need to be compensated for things. Yeah. And um brands are definitely like on it. You do still get the odd email being like, do this for the experience or for oh, exposure. Exposure. Um <laughs> but it's it's interesting because for me it's still very much a case by case basis. If I'm being offered like a really cool experience. Yeah. But they have no budget, but the experience itself is good enough. Then sure, I'll do it and I'll tweet and I'll Instagram about it. Yeah. Um and I think it's it's just about it's about not being taken advantage of. So even if you are say that brand or company that have this amazing experience and you want to get influencers to come and do your experience thing. But you have no money to pay them. You need to be very um, clear about that and you need to be very clear that you're not taking advantage of them at all and there needs to be that kind of like, that open dialogue and that understanding. Yeah. Um, and it's about it's, knowing it's, your own work. And the respect as well. I mm. feel like if you get a sense that there is um, respect there, yeah, then you're more likely to say yes and, and, and feel like you're not, um, yeah, being taken advantage of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I I basically I got a manager for like two years ago, I think, mm-hmm. um, and that was great for me because I hate asking for money. Yeah, and so it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's so that's natural. something that like he does, which is uh. fantastic. Um, <laughs> and so and he deal with everything, including your book deal, which I do want to talk about as well. Yeah, Very so beautiful. he. Has, he's kind of like got a kind of a role in in, in the whole book stuff because, mm-hmm. because he's my manager so he kind of almost like manages everything I do and he's very like big picture career like where's all of this going as well as working out like deal to deal YouTube stuff and then also he has an assistant that manages my calendar oh, <laughs> and so nice. yeah it's great because he has an assistant she kind of like acts like my assistant yeah brilliant. <laughs> and I'm just like okay <laughs> um but then I also have a book agent yes okay because my manager doesn't have the specific knowledge to deal with like the literary yeah publishing industry um 
So, but they very much still kind of like work together. Yeah. Um, where can everyone find you? And please do plug your amazing new book and sure. your live shows. Yes. Um, so I am at Hannah Witten on Twitter and Instagram and social media. And I'll then, link it all. Yeah, time. and my YouTube is Hannah Witten as well, so youtube.com slash Hannah Witten. My blog is hannahwitten.com. If you want to, maybe I'll, now that now we've talked about it, maybe I'll be like, oh, I'm going to write a blog post. Yes, yes, um, And my book is called Doing It, and um, it should be out now by the mm-hmm. time this podcast is out. Absolutely, yeah. Mental. Um, and then the week after the book comes out, I'm doing some live shows. Um, I have no idea if this podcast is coming out after the live shows but in case they this podcast before the live shows are London on the 11th of April it might be just before but um, I'm going to okay. link to everything okay cool so. yeah so I'm doing a, a live show with the book tour basically um, which I'm currently writing and I've just realised I'm like oh my god I'm writing and directing a staged show yeah, <laughs> like that's mental like, I'm like how did I do this I'm like <laughs> am I okay <laughs> I'm a stage writer and director now yeah, just like all these things um Thank you so yeah. much for being a part of it. Um, I will link everything in the show notes. Thanks for listening to What She Said. And if you like this episode or any of the other episodes, please think about giving me a lovely rating on iTunes. I really appreciate it. If you want to connect with me, head over to my blog, wanderloose.com or hit me up on Twitter, Instagram or Pinterest where I'm at wanderloose blog. <laughs>